Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. brought me. Coming. Father. Mother. Oh, it's, it's so good to see you again. Oh, Merry Christmas, <laughs> darling. You look wonderful, honey. And this boy of yours. Oh, honey, he's getting to look more like Guy every time I see him. Did Mr. Mason like his present? Yes, dear, I think so. Oh, yes, your young man, Connie. We're looking forward so much to meeting him. Oh, Timmy's told us all about him. We're very happy for you, Connie. Now, wait a minute. Timmy's a little mixed up. Oh, I didn't say who... I just said you were going to get married. Not Mr. Mason? No, it, it's Carl. Carl Davis. You remember? Carl? Uh-huh. Well, I, I think that's just fine, dear. He telephoned again. Carl? What did he say? He wanted to know where you were. I said he went to Mr. Mason's hotel to see him. Oh, swell. <laughs> then what did he say? <laughs> he said he would be right over. <laughs> you see? I'm coming, I'm coming. Merry Christmas, Timmy. Hi, darling. Carl, and look who's here. Mr. and Mrs. Edwards. Oh, hello, Carl. Carl. Merry Christmas. Connie <laughs> just told us the news, Carl. We're so pleased. Yes, she finally talked me into it. <laughs> and look, look who Mr. Mason bought me. Oh, yes, the train. So you saw Mason at his hotel? Well, no. Central Park. Uh, Central Park, dear? Yes. He eats there with the seal. <laughs> oh, well, did you give him back the money? He wouldn't take it. Well, it's a very expensive present. It does seem odd that he... Yes, doesn't it? It's just the kind of fellow he is. It, it doesn't seem odd at all. Well, what are you getting so upset about, honey? Oh, well, I... Look, I, I can't explain things better than I have, and I, I'm not even going to try. If there's anything about it that's bothering you, it can stop bothering you because... Well, because he's leaving town. He's going to Oregon to build boats. Going away. Oh, oh. So, so why don't we open up our, our presents and, and have a nice Christmas? Because there's somebody at the door. Oh, I'm closest, dear. I'll see who it is. Oh, Mr. Mason. No, Johnson Police Department. Police? Oh, what in the world? I'm looking for a uh, Mrs. Ennis. Well, hi, Mrs. Mrs. Ennis. Yeah, well, which one of you sat on a bench in Central Park this morning? Well, you know a man named Steve Mason. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's under arrest. He claims you can clear things up for him. Under arrest? The lieutenant will tell you all about it. Get your coat, dear. I'm going too. Oh, no, no, dear. Of course not. I've got him. He's my friend, isn't he? Oh, well, all right. But hurry. Right. Right. Hurry. Right. 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 
Just stand there, Mason, and keep quiet. I'm running things around this police station. I just wanted to introduce you. Connie, Carl, this is Lieutenant Bolt. How do you How do? do? You yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, at 9 a.m. in Central Park, a Mr. Marvin Fisher was hit on the head, tied up with a necktie, robbed of 52 bucks and some silver salt and pepper shakers, a present for his aunt in Flushing. A little later, Officer McCreary notices this guy. Uh, me. He's loitering, see? He admits he's homeless and unemployed. That doesn't Mrs. mean... Mrs. Ennis, you're interrupting me. <laughs> he also admits that the necktie belonged to him and he's got the salt and pepper shakers on his person. Oh, oh, oh I see. I made a joke. I'm sorry. I, I just thought it, it was going to be worse. Mr. Mason wouldn't hurt anybody. Uh, thanks, pal. Lieutenant, I'm a lawyer. Oh, is that so? Well, if I ever need a lawyer, I'll look you up. And if I ever need a comical cop, I'll send for you. I'm defending this man uh, with your permission, Mason. And with my profound gratitude, but with probably no fee. Why isn't Marvin Fisher here to identify the suspect? Because he didn't see who hit him. Lieutenant, I think I can clear this all up. Well, if Clarence Darrow here doesn't object... No, you have no idea how interested I am. I was with Mr. Mason in the park. He gave his necktie to a man he thought was a hobo. A few minutes later, a little girl on roller skates with, with a balloon on her head came up with a present for him from the hobo. The salt and pepper shakers. A little girl with a balloon on her head. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you mind telling me whether a complaint has been lodged against Mr. Mason? What's he got to do with this anyway? He's my lawyer. And he's my fiancé. Your fiancé? Then what are you doing in the park with this guy? Well, I... I had to see him, and, and he was in the park. He eats there with the seals. And early this morning, a train arrived, an electric train for my little boy here, from Mr. Mason. Oh, the guy's broke, no job, but he buys a kid an electric train. Why? Well, let's just say I felt like giving some kid a present, and I didn't know anybody else in New York. Is that why you gave the hobo your necktie? Oh, that. Well, well, I had just given Mr. Mason a new tie, the one he's wearing now. Yes, it was under our tree. It was one of the presents she had for Carl. You don't say the romantic relationships of the parties involved are entirely irrelevant. Oh, I don't know. And why did he try to hide behind a rock when he saw Officer McCrary? I wasn't hiding. I, I was, uh... Well? Oh, you'll never believe this. Well, go ahead. Try me. I was feeding a squirrel. He, uh, he, he's an orphan. He kind of depends on me. Holy jumping ranger! Get this guy out of here! You mean he's free to go? I've got to let him go. If he isn't planning a skip town... Oh, I'm not. I've got a room. 220 Christopher Street. Oh, now you've got a room. Well, just till I earn railroad fare, I've got a job out in Oregon. Well, why don't you touch the counselor for your fare? I bet he'd be glad to get you a ticket just to get rid of you. Now, look, Lieutenant. Yeah, you look. This case is dismissed. Go on home. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Believe it or not, Steve, it only looked like I was trying to send you to the chair. <laughs> you did fine, thanks. And uh, why don't you let me advance you that train fare? <laughs> Much obliged, Carl, but I couldn't think of it. Why can't Steve come home with us now, Mom? And, and have dinner with us? Well, uh, I'm sure he has plans of his own, dear. But how could he? He said he didn't know anybody but me. And besides, it costs a lot of money to eat in restaurants. Uh, thanks, Timmy. I'd love to, but I really can't. But... But why, Steve? Well, because I, um... Yes? Okay, I'll, I'll come. <laughs> and now, 
If no one has any objections, I'm going to make a little speech. I ate too much turkey. <laughs> yeah, so did I, but I'm going to make a speech just the same. Well, uh, just a toast, I guess. All right. <laughs> to you, Mother, and to the 35 years you've given to me. Every one of them good. Even the bad ones, because you were with me. Oh, why, Henry? Carl, just be as happy with Connie as I've been with Mother, that's all. No, no, Mr. Ennis, that's not all. This has been the happiest Christmas of my life. From now on, I'll have a wife and son, and if Connie will let me share them, a mother-in-law and a father-in-law. And you, Steve? Well, we all wish you luck in your new job in Oregon, and we're happy that you're not alone this Christmas, but with us. Yes, yes, indeed. Now it's your turn, Steve. you got to say something, too. No, I, I passed. I mean, I'm too full. But that's not fair. You, you have to say something. Well, you've all been very kind to me. You've taken me in, given me a great dinner, and there's really nothing for me to say except uh, after we've had dessert, of course, except thank you and goodbye. That's all I was going to say, but well, you asked for it. Connie... I think Carl's one of the swellest guys I could ever hope to meet. Well, here, here. Uh, but I think you ought to marry me. Uh, I think we'd better go in the kitchen, Father. Oh, yes, yes, the dessert and, and coffee. Uh, honestly, Mr. Ennis, I don't think anybody wants that just now. Maybe it's wrong of me to speak this way in front of Timmy, but I don't see how it can do a boy any harm to know that two men love his mother. Maybe it's bad taste to speak in front of Carl, but... Would it be better if I sneaked around and tried to get Connie behind the kitchen stove? I don't think so. And if you think this is biting the hand that fed me, then look at my problem. I've walked out of Connie's life a couple of times now, and each time something brings me back. Lost packages, a train, a cop, accidents. I'm afraid I can't keep counting on accidents. If I walk out now, I'm sunk. I'll never see her again. The way I figure it, when a man's in love with a girl, he's got a right to ask her to marry him. Any girl. Anybody's girl. What do you say, Connie? I think you'd better get your hat and coat. Fair answer to a fair question. And I wish you all a very merry Christmas. And that's that. Yes, dear. And that's that. In a few moments, we'll bring you Act Three of Holiday Affair. I chose our guest tonight because we always like to see effort and sustained hard work pay off. Miss Kay Christopher, our charming starlet, is an Illinois girl, a graduate of Northwestern University. Of course, you majored in dramatics, Kay. Oh, of course, Mr. Keeley. And I had two summer sessions at the University of Iowa. You know, they have a very splendid dramatic workshop there. So, when you came to Hollywood, you weren't exactly a novice. Well, that's what I thought at the time, but goodness, what an ordeal my first screen part turned out to be. Especially the day the director got so angry when I just couldn't seem to get a scene just right. <laughs> yes, but you've been in many pictures since, so, well, you weren't too discouraged. Oh, my, no. As a matter of fact, it, it made me much more determined. Oh, and incidentally, Mr. Keeley, Faith Dumerg, who stars in RKO's Vendetta, spent years of study before she even attempted a screen role. Oh, she's a terrific actress. And very beautiful besides. You know, she seems just right for the intensely dramatic part she plays. A proud young Corsican girl bent on the revenge of her father's murder. 
You know, vendetta fairly seized with human emotions. And Faith Domergue has that dark, exciting kind of beauty that's just right in the mood of the story. Oh, and how gorgeous she is in those close-ups. Everyone will agree with you there, Kay. Her dark hair and eyes certainly set off that luxe complexion of her. Yes, Mr. Kennedy, Faith is a luxe girl, like most Hollywood stars. And I certainly would neglect my daily luxe soap facial. And for a luxurious beauty bath, of course, the bath-sized cake is just wonderful. Yes, that big bath size makes a hit with women everywhere. The lather is so rich and creamy, even in hardest water. It's active lather, you know, that leaves skin feeling extra soft and smooth. And that fragrance is so delightful, just like spring flowers. A really subtle perfume that's a, a blend of many costly flower fragrances. Thank you, Miss Kay Christopher, for being here tonight. Now, here's a suggestion to all the ladies in our audience. Try Lux Toilet Soap in the generous satin-smooth bath size. Depend on it for all over Lux loveliness, as famous screen stars do. Put this luxurious soap on your shopping list tomorrow. It makes a fine gift to slip in a Christmas stocking. Remember, nine out of ten screen stars use fragrant white Lux Toilet Soap. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Curtain rises on Act Three of Holiday Affair, starring Robert Mitchum as Steve and Lorraine Day as Connie. Well, it's the day after Christmas. Santa Claus has come and gone, and so has Steve Mason. And in Crowley's department store, a small boy with a large box has struggled through the crowds to Mr. Crowley's office. Mr. Crowley. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. Crowley. Emily, don't you know I'm listening to our radio program? Yes, Mr. Crowley, but I... This is Crowley and Company's meditation hour. Five minutes more of this and I'll be fast asleep. I'm sorry, sir, but one of our customers wants to see you. Nothing doing. I hate customers. Well, I, I think you'll want to see this one. He's roughly seven years old. He seems to be in a lot of trouble. Well, uh, turn off the radio and send him in, Emily. Come on in, Timothy. That's Mr. Crowley behind that desk. Ah, young man. You have something in the box, I see. Possibly some belated Christmas gift for me? No, sir. It's an electric train. Oh, is that so? Well, I hope it hasn't proved unsatisfactory. Well, I, I got two of them for Christmas. So please can I have my money back? Well, now, let me see that train. What's this? What's this? It, it got broken in the elevator, but I didn't do it. No dramatics, boys. No dramatics. I hate dramatics. So you've got two trains for Christmas, huh? No, no, no. I'll tell you the truth. Oh? I only got this one train for Christmas. Steve got for me. He's my friend. And he's real poor and he hasn't got a job. And, and he shouldn't have spent his money and I want to give it back to him. No, 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 no. No, no tears, boy. Gets me all squishy, you know. Yes, sir. Uh, just tell me this tale of woe from the beginning, huh? Well, well, I, I guess it all started with my mother. Her name is Mrs. Anderson, and she worked for Fisher and Lewis. 
She's a comparison shopper. Whoops. Uh, anyway, she came here to your Connie, darling, please get hold of yourself. We've done everything we can. Oh, Carl, Jimmy's been gone for hours now. Oh, where could he be? What could have happened to him? Now, honey, you just can't go to pieces like this. The police have a full description of him. Why, he's probably... What just... about the hospitals? What if there's been an accident? But there's been no report of an accident. Oh, Connie, now look, darling, it won't do any good just standing here and staring out of the window. Look, I'll go out again. Now, you can either come with me or... Or better yet... Carl, it... hmm? Carl, look. Down there on the street. Well, that... That's Jimmy. Getting out of that car. But who's that man? And look, a chauffeur. Jimmy! Jimmy! Mom, Mom, I'm bad at me. Oh, darling. Darling, are you all right? Oh, sure. Where have you been all afternoon? And who was the man in that car? Mr. Crowley, he's nice. He said he had a, wish he had a boy just like me instead of just his mother-in-law. Mr. Crowley? You mean Mr. Crowley from Crowley's department store? Yeah. But that's miles from here, way downtown. I know. I almost got run over him twice. Run over and killed twice. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, it's okay. I didn't. But why did you go to Crowley's? I... I took my train back. Oh, but why, honey? You, you loved it so... Oh, my poor baby. It cost too much. Steve hasn't got a job, and, and Mr. Crowley gave me the money back. Will you give the money to Steve, Mom? Please, Mom, he needs it. Well, well, we don't know where he lives, Jimmy. 220 Christopher Street. Remember? He said so in the police station. And tell him I didn't take the train back because I didn't like it. We'll tell him, sweetheart. Oh, Carl. All of a sudden, I've got a big grown-up boy. Well, this is it, honey. 220 Christopher Street. Carl, you give him the money. I, I think I, I'd better wait out here. You do? Connie. Connie, let's have a talk for a minute, huh? In the case of Connie Ennis versus Carl Davis, I'd like to offer certain facts and evidence. I don't understand. The party of the first part, Connie Ennis, although loved by the party of the second part for three long years, successfully did avoid the idea of marriage between them. However, upon the entrance of a stranger into her life, said Connie Ennis, did immediately and suddenly consent to this marriage. But there's no possible connection between... Since meeting the stranger, Connie Ennis, normally calm and frank, becomes nervous and evasive. Carla, I don't think I like that. And upon a proposal of marriage from the stranger, a thing rarely insulting to women, she becomes outraged and orders him from her home. Well, for your sake, I, I could Nevertheless, have... having heard his address but once, she remembers it. Yet she's fearful of seeing him again. I don't know why you're saying these things. It's my business to recognize facts, Connie. I'm a lawyer. And in six days, I'll be a lawyer's wife. Will you? You know, I have a sneaking suspicion I ought to see if somewhere there isn't a girl who might be in love with me. Even a dumb, frowsy blonde who slops up the house and feeds me on canned beans. Carl. Now, go on, go on in and give him the money. I'll wait five minutes. And if you don't find more interesting company, well, then we still have a date for dinner. You're a wonderful person, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Compliments will get you no place. Come on in. 
No, it's you. Well, sit down. I'm just putting a pot of coffee on the burner. Thank you, but I'm... Now, wait. I'll close the door. Uh, the, the landlady said to keep the door open. Uh, let's worry you, huh? I have $79.50, plus tax, that belongs to you. You know, I'm going to get sore if people don't quit chasing me around trying to give me money. Well, this is from t- Timmy. He took the train back to Crowley's all by himself. But why would he do that? I thought he was crazy about it. Oh, he was. But he wants you to have the money. What a kid. Everything else all right? Well, everything else is, is fine. Well, then it looks like a happy new year all around, huh? Mm-hmm. I can shake myself loose from this penthouse, grab the first cheap train to Oregon, and you and Carl will be getting set for your honeymoon. Carl and, and I are not getting married. Oh? Well, I guess that's my cue to propose again. But I'm not going to. Nobody asked you to. Wouldn't you like to know why? Not particularly. Well, I'll tell you anyway. Carl isn't the, the real threat to me, Connie. Maybe I'm not to him either. This isn't two fellows and a girl, you know. This is two fellows, a girl, and her husband. I can't fight a shadow. I tried. The competition's too tough. You were even going to play it safe and settle for someone you didn't love so you wouldn't be unfaithful to your husband. Oh, you're always so wrong about me. I have a wonderful memory of a husband and a marriage. You're trying to take it away from me. Nobody wants to do that. I don't. I'm sure Carl doesn't. All anybody wants is for you to live in the present and not be afraid of the future. To quit pretending that something that's dead is still alive. All right. If it'll make you any happier. I want everything just the way it is. Mrs. Status Quo. Just Timmy and I. No changes. And all I want is a girl who'll drop everything and run to me, no matter what the score is. Well, maybe you'll find her, Steve. Goodbye. Here we go again. Always saying goodbye. I hope you'll find what you're looking for, Connie. Yes, and maybe something you're not looking for. Good luck. Well, I'm back, Carl. Well, what happened? It seems everybody wants a frowsy blonde this year. Guess I'm just not the type. Didn't you even put up a fight? Oh, Carl, please take me home. Sure. Sure, honey, I'll take you home. And in a few more hours, it'll be a brand new New Year, huh, Mom? That's right, darling. But if we don't stop talking, I'm going to be late for my party. Mom, what did that telegram say before? Oh, just Happy New Year, dear. From Grandpa and Grandma? Well... No, it, it was from Steve. Now, where's my lipstick? Yeah, I, I guess I had it. I was buying some pictures. Oh, fine. Is that all the telegram said? It said that he'll be wishing us a happy new year tonight on the train. He's finally going to Oregon. Now, go to bed when Mary tells you, dear. Where's the party, Mom? Rush and Harriet? Mm-hmm. Going along, huh? You don't have any fun anymore, huh? Well, I've got you, haven't I? You're my fella. Oh, sure, but heck, I'll be running out and getting married pretty soon. Well, not tomorrow, anyway. But when I do, you'll be all alone. I mean, uh, what if I move away? Well, where do you have in mind? Cairo or, or Baghdad? Oh, there's lots of places. Oregon, for instance. Of course, I'd write you a lot, but what I mean is... I know exactly what you mean. 
Boy, when you start growing up, you don't waste any time, do you? What are you thinking about, Mom? Well, since your plans are all made, maybe I ought to be thinking about my future. Come on, young man. You and I have things to do. Huh? Well, I don't get it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you all about it later. On our way to the station. The railroad station? But I still don't get it. <laughs> Mr. Mason in this car. Mr. Mason, please. Steve Mason. Oh, yes, conductor? Uh, I have a note for you. For me? Oh, thanks. Uh, we hope you like surprises, too, Connie and Timmy. Car 269, Mr. Mason, Section D. Thank you. Steve. Well, I dropped everything, darling. I ran. Gee, Steve, the real train's even been on an electric train. Connie and Cindy. Well, what do you know? Uh, look out the window, Timmy. You uh, may see something interesting. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Can I turn around now? Are you through kissing? The curtain falls on Holiday Affair, and all our thanks to our stars for making this such a happy occasion. Robert Mitchum and Lorraine Day. Well, Bob, I suppose you're all set to play Santa to your two boys. I sure am, Bill. But they're growing up awfully fast, you know. Jim's nine and Chris is seven. They're regular giants. Giants? Did you say giants? You're speaking of the men I love. <laughs> Lorraine, you literally live for the New York Giants, don't you? Yes, Bill, from spring training through the baseball season. But that goes from March clear through September. You ought to play on the team. <laughs> Just a minute, Bob. Our season goes through October. Next year, the Giants will be playing in the World Series. Oh. My, 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 such faith. <laughs> you know, I bet she believes in Santa Claus. I bet she does, too. I certainly do. I have the New York Giants and Leo DeRocher. And what do you have? Well, you can have Leo. I have Jane Russell in our new R RKO picture, His Kind of Woman. Well, <laughs> to each his own. How about your children, Lorraine? I suspect they're giant fans. Well, my boy Chris certainly is. He has a miniature giant suit and Leo DeRocher's number on the back of it. Oh. How about your little girl, Michelle? Oh, she's a Lux Toilet Soap fan, just like her mother. I tell her that if she uses it faithfully, she might be a starlet someday. I'll bet on that. You know, the only thing that impressed my kids is that I was in a hop-along Cassidy picture once. Now they want him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they're all set to get wonderful presents. And we have one for them, too. Because next week, on Christmas night, we're presenting a storybook classic that grown-ups love as much as their children do. The wonderful tale that Metro-Golden-Mare turned into an enchanting musical, The Wizard of Oz. And as our star, playing her original role, the one and only Judy Garland. I'm sure you'll agree it's a wonderful Christmas present. Yes, Bill, everyone will certainly love that. 
Good night. Good night, Bill. Good night and Merry Christmas. Santa Claus is on his way. And here's a wonderful new idea for helping him trim your Christmas tree. Make a snow-like frosting with Lux Flakes. Your tree, your, your table decorations, too, will look as if they're covered with freshly fallen snow. It's easy to make, and even the children can put it on. Wonderfully inexpensive, too. Frost your tree before you put on lights and other trimmings. Christmas snow dries in a few hours, lasts as long as the tree. To make it, here's all you do. Just add two cups of lukewarm water to a box of Lux Flakes whipped to a creamy consistency. Spread handfuls along the branches of your tree with your fingers. Buy an extra box of Lux Flakes tomorrow to trim your tree. Your dealer has complete printed directions for making Christmas snow with Lux Flakes. Tonight is the beginning of Christmas week. A joyful time for renewing old friendships, strengthening family ties, and the American freedom to worship in your church. Our wish is not only for our America, but for the world, that soon the age-old promise will be fulfilled, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. On behalf of Lieber Brothers Company and all of us here in the Lux Radio Theater, may I wish all of you a joyous Christmas. Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. This is William Keeley bidding you good night. Heard in our cast tonight were Gordon Gebert as Timmy and Wally Mayer as Carl. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Rudy Schrager. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.